Welcome to Becoming Parents Podcast. I'm Jen Taylor, your host. I am mom of 18, and you can find me on momsrunningit.com. Remember, give a shout out to those who are brave enough to share their stories with us on how they have become parents. Let's dive right in. All right, and we always have this double feedback. Welcome. I'm so excited because today I have on a past podcast guest, which I always really love, and I get to know you better. Um, Karina, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Very busy, keeping busy, staying in the house, hiding from the outside world. But okay. uh, yeah, I'm doing good. <laughs> good. Today we're going to talk, obviously, you've had two experiences, and you're really funny when we... Uh, got on and started talking and said, hi again. Hi, how are you? You're like, I thought I had a half an hour for each one of my kids. And I'm like, nope, not. <laughs> nope. You don't. <laughs> so you've had two deliveries. They've been significantly different. Why don't you jump right in with the first one? Cause the first one you said you had surprises and I actually have no idea what this, what it is. Yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to give it out. I didn't want to give you the spoiler. I thought, oh, she'll have to have me on the show now to find out what it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, That's the way it uh, should be. My first uh, daughter um, was born on the 11th of November, 2004. And she was two kilos, 450 pounds. I'm not sure what that is in your measurements over in the US. Okay. 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 She was, she was small. So um, let's start. So I'm diabetic and over here, they are um, freak. They freak out when it comes to pregnancy and the birth and diabetes. So they go the lazy route and do a C-section whether you want one or not, you're getting the C-section because you're diabetic. So um, I wasn't happy with going to the local hospital. I, I saw them throughout the pregnancy and I saw a private gynecologist as well throughout the pregnancy and my diabetes was looked after and everything. And then uh, we went over and we saw um, a, a doctor over in um, on the mainland Greece because I'm on the island of Corfu I should have mentioned that um, so we went over to the, the a university hospital over on the mainland Greece and um, we saw a, a doctor there the surgeon and uh, the actual place where the women were staying waiting for their babies was like a hotel okay and he wanted me to go in about two weeks before um, I was due so I could um, get comfortable there, get my diabetes under control. And then I was having the child earlier than a normal birth anyway, because it was a C-section. Um, so I was, yeah, let's do this. You know, I'm, I'm happy to stay there two weeks and just chill. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out that way because two weeks before I was due to go on a boat over to the mainland, my waters broke. So that was and about four weeks early? How it was early? four weeks, exactly. It was four weeks early. Um, and because I'd never been pregnant before, I'd never had a baby before, I didn't know if it was my waters broke. So I phoned up my best friend who was also going to be my birth partner and I told her the description and she said, yeah, your waters have, have broken or they're breaking because you're dripping. And she says, you need to get down to hospital. So... Then my, my husband seemed to think that I had time to get onto a ferry, go over to mainland Greece, and then drive to the university hospital before the baby came. 
So he phoned up the doctor and the doctor said, no, you haven't got time to do that. You need to get it down to the local hospital as soon as possible. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm painting me, me nails. He's gone for a shower. No, we're not panicking, you know, water's just broken, but we're not panicking. I have my bag there ready. We go into the car. We get to the hospital. I, I'm told to, to strip off so he can quickly examine me. And I hear my brother-in-law's voice. Now, my husband's brother is a doctor. And he was working at the local hospital as a surgeon. And uh, oh, okay, uh, well, you literally heard his voice. Okay, go ahead. Go I ahead. literally heard his voice, so, <laughs> okay. so that freaked freaked me out a little bit. Um, he didn't do the examination, thank God. His uh, big the big man did, and um, he said, "Yeah, right, she's ready." So you know, she's she's gonna the baby's gonna. I'm gonna say, "Well, if my walls are broken, why can't I do a natural birth?" No, C-section. I was ready. I could have done a natural birth but they're so lazy, C-section. Okay, whatever. So I'm laying there on, on in this room by myself and they've got me me stuck up with me, um, things on my tummy and the, the lines going through. And she comes up and she says, oh, look, you just had a contraction. I went, that's a contraction. I've had that for 24 hours. I've had that since yesterday. I thought it was just normal pregnancy pains. You know, first time mother, I knew absolutely shit. So, um, so she says, no, no, that's the contraction. I was like, oh, wow. Again, contraction, water's broke. Why can't I have a normal birth? Anyway, she started shaving me down below, uh, dry shaving. Why, why they couldn't have found some shampoo from somewhere or shaving mousse or whatever, dry shaving. And then they started taking toenail polish off my toes. And then the, the surgeon came and he said, why are you doing that? Leave it. It doesn't matter. And I was like, that's so stupid. Anyway, so then they put me on the trolley and they, I know that I'm going off now. I know that I'm going off to have my, seat, my, my baby. And I'm like, where the hell is my husband? He'd only gone off to phone up all the relatives to say I was having the baby to come down to the hospital. I didn't get to say goodbye to him before I went up. And they took away my wedding ring and they took away my cross. And I was freaking out. I tell you, I was shivering. My body was literally shivering like this, shaking, because I was so cold and so scared. And I couldn't say goodbye to my husband. And they took the two things off me that I, I really needed. And I felt, I felt like I had no protection after that was taken from me. So then um, they take me in and um, they've got me, me arms like this on two um, armrests. And they've got the drips in to keep an eye on one for the sugar levels and one for the uh, IV for something else. And then um, they, they, I've got nothing on except that blue paper smock thing. So then they put the, is it detergent, um, um, bacterial, antibacterial uh, orange, oh, what's it called? Like betadine? That's the one, thank you. Okay. They put the betadine over the stomach ready. And lo and behold, I hear 
my brother-in-law's voice. And I am sitting there, everything showing. I'm totally naked. And I hear my brother-in-law's voice. And I'm like, fuck it, he's seen it. Just go with it. There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> I mean, really, there's not. Plus, it is what he does. I mean... <laughs> I wasn't supposed to have the baby then. I wasn't supposed to have, he wasn't supposed to be at the local hospital when I went there. You know, it was like, it's what you call fate and destiny. It just played out that way. Right. So, yeah, when I heard him, I, I sort of, I gulped. I was like, and then I went, screw it. He, he's here. He's, he's going ahead with doing what he has to do. He's seen me now. Can't do anything about it. Right. So then they put the gas on and I was out. Um, when I came to, um, I was looking for my baby and my baby wasn't anywhere near me. And I was in a room with three other Greek uh, uh, me, uh, sort of middle-aged uh, women mothers. And, um, and then um, I think Spiros was there and I said, uh, well, you know, everyone came in. All of his family came in. I'm just coming out of this dizziness and sickness and starting to feel pain. And everyone's coming in congratulating me. And I'm like, don't congratulate me because I don't have her. Where is she? She was taken into an incubator because she was too, uh, too uh, low, low in weight. She was too small. And she was born early. Excuse me, I'm losing my face. So she was taken away in the incubator and the incubator wasn't anywhere near me. And I couldn't get out of bed and go and see her. So I had all of his relatives that all lived in the town come in, congratulate me. And I just got really angry in the end. I was like, I don't want to know. Go and take, I said my husband, go and take a bloody photo of her and bring me the, the phone so I can see my daughter. 14 hours before I got her in my hands 14 hours it was it was so upsetting I knew they were saying what was happening and that she wasn't feeding either she wasn't taking uh, the bottle um and they said you know uh, maybe we'll try you having her you hold her and maybe she'll feed that way and she did straight away as soon as she was in my arms she on my chest you know skin to skin uh, and then she fed fed uh, from the bottle because I couldn't breastfeed um and uh it just 14 hours of everyone just coming up and saying oh congratulations she's beautiful she's beautiful I was like don't want to hear it I want to see her I want to hold her so um then I find out that actually it was his brother-in-law my brother-in-law his brother that actually cut the cord and took the baby, which that is which a surprise. After no, which after made me feel so wonderful mm -hmm. because it made them have a really strong connection. You know, uh, your 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 uncle took you from your mummy's tummy. <laughs> I mean, how often does that happen? And the thing about it, when when I was in the the ward, because of who I was to him, and because of who he was, I was looked after like a queen. I got royal treatment in there compared to the other ladies around. And um, 
when they said, oh, we're going to try and get you out of bed now, try and get you moving. And I was like, great, let's do this. You know, I was bending over when I, I couldn't bend because of the C-section, but I was bending over, you know, changing her for the first time. And the nurses came in and they looked at me and I'm like, I, I don't understand why others can't do what you're doing. They just lay in bed lazy and refuse to get up and just let everybody else that's around look after their children but you you've got out of bed even if you're in pain and you're doing everything that you should be doing and it's why can't the other greek mums be like that you know but that was nice that that was a nice compliment so um and then when i got in the car when we were driving back um i had this bouquet sent to me from England by some friends and I was half asleep and, and someone called my name and I looked over in a massive bouquet big balloon and a big teddy and I was like oh it's so sweet no it's come all the way from the UK so I'm sitting in the car the baby's strapped in the back in, the, in its car seat and I'm sitting in the car holding these flowers and I just burst out crying I just broke broke you know everything that happened all the emotions they just and he was like, what are you crying for? I'm so happy. <laughs> so uh, well, that's the first one. <laughs> how, uh, let, I want to go back because there, there was something in the beginning where you were talking about, like, I understand that you're diabetic and there are different needs, mm -hmm. but your water had broken, you're having contractions, you realize <laughs> you have them for 24 hours. Did anybody ever check you to see how far along you were, how dilated you were and why? When like why did yeah, that when, happen when when my cape was as soon as i came in i said strip off get onto that bench and we're going to check and one look at me one look down there they said yes yeah, she's she's ready for the baby mm. and so then they put me in that room and they put the things on to see right. the uh <clears throat> but no one talked to me no one told me you know how long i've got until the baby actually comes out and why i can't do any pushing myself no one gave me that opportunity. No one spoke to me. My, my husband never said anything. The doctors who all spoke English never said anything. The nurses, again, nothing. So I, I, didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to do a natural birth when I was actually ready to do a natural birth. That's, that, that's the stuff that makes me totally nuts and crazy and oh. mad. But okay, jump. So... <laughs> That was traumatic, not seeing your daughter for 15 hours and just not having a voice or a choice, having your husband gone. Um, tell me about number two, because you'd already had a C-section and you're diabetic. I'm sure they wanted to schedule that. Well, this is what happened when I was uh, pregnant, um, straight from the, the beginning, as soon as I found out, I think I was three or four weeks in, I started having really bad pains and they got worse during the pregnancy and I couldn't walk. I was in so much pain and I had what they called SPD where the pelvis bones have stretched. Have you heard of that before, Jen? I, I don't think that I have. Okay. Yeah. If you see, <coughs> if you see an X-ray of the pelvis, mm -hmm. there's, a tiny, tiny two two bones, um, and apparently they they'd moved and stretched, and that what was giving me all this pain. Okay, got it. Because okay. because of that, because of being diabetic, diabetic, I decided I was going to go to England to have the baby. I thought I'll get looked after better. 
I get better treatment, especially for my SPD. And, and uh, you know, it'll be a much better experience. Even though I had a good experience in the end um, with, with my first child, mm -hmm. I didn't want to do that again. So, right. So everything was booked and I was ready to go. And um, my dad says, um, uh, your uncle, um, who, who lives on his own, uh, he broke his leg. And so he's living downstairs. He's got a bed set up in the living room downstairs of the house. And uh, he can't get around by himself and uh, he can't live on his own. So he's staying with us. I was like, okay. And then he's off to Canada with my sister while I'm coming over um, for the baby. I think I have, um, I think maybe a month to go before. So I'm there for about a month and month and a half over in the UK. I think I'm not really good with my memory now. Um, <coughs> so I'm having problems because I'm stuck upstairs in this little room and I can't go up and down all the time I can hardly walk I'm in so much pain and stairs are the worst thing for me so I've got I can't ask uh, my dad's not there he's over in Canada with my sister um my mother-in-law my mother-in-law my stepmom, who's at the house is working full-time also looking after my uncle and I'm not the sort of person to say, you know, ring the bell and say, hey, can you bring me up or whatever? You know, I'll trot down there. And I was doing my own washing and everything. Nobody, nobody was helping me. Nobody, nobody. Uh, it was all left to me, even in the condition I was. My, my auntie Brenda, bless her, she's gone now. But my auntie Brenda was uh, the one who's taking me to all my appointments. They're very, very strict with the diabetes over there. They phone you every day to find out your numbers. They're so good. And so I was having regular checkups for my diabetes and for the baby. And um, uh, there was... Um, I had a, a what do you call it? Re, um, with the feet, we we uh, reflect, oh, we re something. It's called where they massage the feet, and it's it's they. Oh, reflexology. Thank you, reflexology. I booked one of those just to you know hopefully get some of the pain away to be able to relax a little. So I booked one of those for myself. That didn't do bugger all, but um, there was this. Uh, this time where um, I think I was going for an appointment or I was going out for some reason and I never said goodbye to them while they were in the, while my um, mother-in-law and uh, my mother-in-law, my stepmom and my uncle were in the living room. I just left from the front door. And then my dad had a go at me and said, why didn't you say hello to them? So the next time that happened, it'd been raining outside I was going straight, I came through the front door, I was going straight upstairs and I thought, no, I'm not going to get in trouble again. So I went into the kitchen to go into the living room to say hello and I slipped and I did total splits and I could not move. I could not get myself up. I couldn't call for my uncle because he couldn't help me. He couldn't walk. I, I called for my my um, my stepmom to help me and she between us, we got myself up and I was really worried now. I wanted to go to the hospital and have a checkup and make sure everything was okay because that was a real fall, that was. Um, 
and uh, she says, you know, are you okay? And I said, yeah, just um, come in. I'm going to go and lie down. Come and check on me in about an hour just to see if I'm all right. And she says she would. And now my dad's back from Canada uh, and my sister's still over there. My dad's back from Canada because my mother, my stepmom has just been diagnosed with cancer. Um, she just lost her two sisters and brothers in the last few months. And now she's diagnosed with it. Um, so all, all of the attention was on Kay, which I totally understand. Um, but at least I still had my auntie taking me and, you know, making sure I was okay and, and what have you. Um, by the time I was ready to have the C-section, I was in a wheelchair. I could not walk anywhere. I was in so much pain. Um, and so um, my sister was back and she took me to the hospital and I was having C-section next day. Now keep an eye on my blood sugars and what have you. And um, then it was, the eve it was the evening before and they said, let's see how your sugars are because if they're not good, then we want to do the C-section early. Um, and I, was, I said to them, look, you know, um, it's going high, low, high, low. So let's, let's do the C-section and get done. Oh, the first time I spoke to a midwife and said that I wanted a C-section. No, we don't do that here in the UK. I'm like, but, but I'm diabetic. She went, so? You have a natural birth. I said, I've already had a C-section. So? So I really had to put my foot down to have another C-section. I didn't want to have a natural birth because I'd already done the C-section and I preferred no pain. Well, it's it to when you wake up, then you get pain. But no pain having the actual natural birth wake up and your baby's there you know so I finally got my own way which they weren't happy about and come the time I'm in this little room which is where the surgery is happening totally different from the big place I was in in this in the first hospital and the doctor comes over and he says the surgeon and he says to his friend do you remember how to do this oh, it's so long since we've done one do you remember what to do and of course they were joking but I mean, that didn't really you know, make me feel very. <laughs> a little disconcerting. <laughs> oh, was, just pull, okay. pull up a YouTube video. It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and he said, oh, we're just joking. And I was like, well, you know, that's okay, you're joking, funny. but that's mm. not funny. No, not at all. Especially when they don't do C-sections unless it's an emergency in the UK. Right. Someone to turn around and say, do you remember how to do it? I thought he was being serious. Right. So I, I start coming around and um, I've, uh, I'm sort of halfway there and halfway out. And I remember someone saying, you've got a, a, a button in your hand. That's for morphine. If you're in pain, just press it. I was like, dun, 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 dun. And, <laughs> and I went out again and I came round again. And when I came round the next time, I was a bit more awake and I oh saw my. my sister holding my, my little girl, Alexia. And uh, she'd been looking after Alexia while I've been out, out of it. And um, she stayed with me. Um, I was a C-section in the UK. You're in and out, you know, two days tops. I begged them to let me stay because I didn't want to go back 
to the house. You were dealing with some other things. And I know this from our first interview, you were dealing, well, you'd had the chronic pain. You show up in a wheelchair. You're not in less pain after a C-section, although having the baby is probably helpful, but you're, you'd going through cyberbullying at that time. And I don't, other than the cyberbullying, if I remember correctly, I, you had gotten divorced. Am I remembering correctly? No, 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 no. You had not. No. No, no, no. Okay, very happily, I apologize. Very happily married all the way through. No, okay, um, that part is amazing. <laughs> um, I knew going back to the house, the way my dad had been treating me, I knew that going back to the house, I was on my own and I wouldn't have any help. And so I wanted to stay in the hospital as long as I could. And they allowed me to stay for a full week. And then they said, this oh. isn't a hotel. This isn't right. a hotel. You have to come home. So I phoned my dad. I said, Dad, I'm being released. Can you pick me up? And that was the first time I'd spoken to him. He never even came down to see the baby. Um, it was so hard because I was stuck in that little room with my daughter. I had... Um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not the sort of person to go down and shout, can you bring something up? Um, I feel bad, especially with everything that's going on in the house. We've got my uncle down there. We've got um, my my stepmom uh, dying of uh, cancer. Um, my dad just, all he thinks about is 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 his, uh, is his uh, wife. And then, so I'm on my own and I'm trying to cope as best as I can. And... Uh, when the midwife comes and she she comes and she comes inside and she knows the situation, she says, you've got to get out of this room. You've got to get out of this house. I hate, um, I hate saying negative things about anyone that's passed away. But I lost my dad as well to cancer. Um, at the time, he hadn't been spending any time in the bedroom coming in to see the baby, coming in to see if I'm okay, nothing. And I had enough, you know, my, my, my stepmom hadn't even said hello to me. And we, we were close, you know, we've been, I've known her for, for years since they got married. Uh, so something's going on, you know, this isn't. So I finally got him alone and I got him to come in the bedroom. I said, I've got to speak with you. I said, what's going on? I said, Kay hasn't even come in to, to see the baby. And um, you're not um, making any effort as well. And um, God, it's so hard. 
he said that Kate said that me being pregnant and having the baby was going to cause her death. And it's like one, one life for another. And she was honestly felt that 100%, one life for another. And I turned to my dad and I said, you don't believe that, do you? And he said, yes. Wow. I am so sorry. <laughs> Basically, my, my innocent, beautiful girl was being blamed for my stepmom's cancer. And uh, I had some, some friends in, in just out of Northampton that the that I'm really close with when I when I went home every time I had to visit. And um tissue. Um I phoned them up and I said, I told them what happened. They said, right, we're we're picking you up. Get everything you need for the baby and you, and you're staying with us. And um I was suffering from postnatal depression by then. I wasn't I wasn't where I was couldn't hold my child and felt bad about my child. I was just so depressed at the time. And when you're a newborn, you know, when you're a new mother, that's the last thing you need to, to be feeling. Barbara said when she saw me, she thought I looked like a zombie because I've had no help. I was up every three hours feeding and changing, looking after my little girl. And doing uh, everything that I shouldn't have been doing because of the C-section. Um, and I was alone in that little room upstairs, alone in that house with no one visiting and, and no one giving a damn. And um, they took me and thank God they did. Um, she showed me straight to the bedroom. She says, get in there and sleep. But don't worry about Alexia. We will feed her. We will change her. You just sleep sleep as long as you need. I stayed with them, I think, for about a week and a half, two weeks. They helped me get uh, Alexia's passport to go back to Greece because you, the newborn baby flying and everything, she needed a passport. I didn't even, that wasn't even entered my head. That was the last thing in my head. Of course, I wanted to get home as soon as possible. I wanted to get back to Greece. Um, I couldn't tell when, when I spoke with my husband on the camera and, you know, he got to see his daughter from the camera. Um, I didn't let him know what was going on over here. I, I didn't okay. want him worrying, you know. So, um, yeah, Barbara and Barry, they were amazing. They looked after us. They looked after her. They took us shopping. Um, they got me out of the house and they just let me relax and let me mentally and physically get back to who I was and ready to take over and be a mum. Both of them are not here anymore. Amazing people. They were like, um, they were like my second parents. And um, I lost, I lost uh, Barbara to cancer about near the same time as I was over in the UK because of my dad 
having um, stage four cancer. They both had uh, lung cancer, both of them. And uh, when she died, um, he lasted maybe a month and he died just from missing her. He just gave up. What a gift they gave you in that time that you really <sighs> needed it, oh. right? What a gift. And then they're, you were they're absolutely amazing. Yeah, they're, they're, they were amazing all the time. But it, especially that time, they knew what I needed. They, they knew what, how toxic the environment was for me and my daughter. And so they rescued me. <laughs> they rescued me. Um, I, moms who have just had a baby so a lot of the time need to be rescued in one way or another. And I'm so thankful that in all of this, you had that and were able to get home and, uh, you know, just be with your husband and raise your kids and get through that depression after the baby was born. Because of course, of, of course you felt that way. Once I was back, I mean, I had to deal with all the other crap that was going on, um, as well as 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 being the new mum and getting um, getting Alexia settled. Um, because of uh, Sophie, she was an only child, and she was the one that wanted a brother or sister. And because I didn't want any jealousy between them, I said, "Right, you can name your brother or sister." And when we found out it was a girl, she said straight away, "Alexia." So she actually named her sister, which was so Aww, beautiful. That yeah. is. Karina, and, thank and, you for sharing. You know, I, they're so close. It's, it's wonderful. They are so close. Even now, they're, 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 they're beautiful. One my, one's my butterfly, one's my angel. Um, I wouldn't do anything different. Um, my, my girls are amazing. I love them so much. Um, but yeah, it was two different experiences. The first one was funny. And the second one was uh, not so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take your brother-in-law over your living where you did any day. Week. Yeah. Karina, I have all of your links in the show notes. You are an author. You are, I've read several of your books. Um, oh. Oh, yes. Way back when. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your becoming parents journey with me. Thank you for being on. No, thank you for having me.